Hello and welcome to Watch Party, Lord of the Rings. Coming at you this week, this is uh, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. <laughs> One take. Okay. All right. Here we go. Rock and roll. Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. Welcome to Watch Party, Lord of the Rings. I'm your host, Michael, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Jen. I am so excited today, Jen. Are you excited? I'm so excited, Michael. I cannot wait. We got some big news this week. Yeah, we're coming at you with another news episode. This is all spoilers all day, so another spoiler warning. I don't know. I need to get some sort of like big red button to press. Uh, with a crazy sound effect here because uh, if you don't want any spoilers then just fast forward to the next episode uh, or skip this episode because we're going to be talking about some major leaks that came out today um, and it's crazy you know we we have like a whole other news episode that we have had planned but we haven't had a chance to get to it we've meant to do the, the last uh, installment of our episode with the chads talking about peter jackson's floor of the rings the council of elrond we haven't been able to get to that because the news just keeps flowing um, but i'm not gonna fast. complain i'm not gonna complain because this is good stuff you know we woke up yesterday and we're recording this the day after it came out and amazon dumped 23 character posters just released them nobody knew it was coming and um, it was just a wonderful day watching all of the fandom go absolutely bananas, theorizing, breaking down the posters. And it was a really cool marketing strategy because minutes before they released it uh, on their own Twitter page, they sent it privately to a bunch of uh, social media personalities, people on YouTube. So YouTubers, people on Instagram, TikTok, you know, people who are on Twitter, just influential Tolkien fans. And gave those people an opportunity to tweet it out, YouTube it out uh, before it was publicly released. So that was a really smart and savvy media strategy. Very strategic. And I love that it shows that they're really paying attention and following the fandom and following the fan base and getting the word out in creative ways. That's exciting that they have a team that's really thinking about this marketing strategy. And it was a very effective, I must say, everyone, as you mentioned, Michael, is so pumped. These posters are beautiful. Uh, I love the aesthetic. I can't wait to, to jump in and kind of dissect them with you. Yeah, you know that there's some intern at Amazon whose sole job it is to just crawl all of the Tolkien social media sites and find out who's influential. And But it's not like they only went with the the people with the biggest uh, follower count. There were all kinds of you know big Tolkien YouTubers who didn't get a scoop. And there were some profiles I saw that really didn't have very many followers. I'm, you know, maybe the hundreds or low thousands, like, you know, a thousand followers. And yet they got the scoop. Yeah. And so well, it's really cool. Well, I am pretty cool miffed that, that we did that. didn't get this. I'm pretty miffed that. <laughs> I know. Where's our poster? Next time, I Amazon. Know. Next time. We'll, we'll be waiting. If you I, got any I, other. Yeah. They're sleeping on the podcast. So we just got to, we got to start up a, a YouTube page so that they know we're out there. But uh, next time, next time, we'll get the next, next scoops. Time. We'll try. Amazon, if you're listening, give us the scoop. <laughs> Uh, so but before we jump into that just a little bit of uh news i i want to let everybody know that i appeared on the most recent episode of watch party wheel of time i was a guest i did a guest appearance and i was just uh i wasn't hosting i was just chilling out with all those wheel of time uh the wheel of time panel and and rourke and it was just a blast i've been having so much fun listening to them that it was a total trip to be able to participate and uh 
you know, I joked with them that I've been watching the show and listening to the podcast and building up all of these questions and theories that I haven't had a chance to unleash on anybody because I don't have anybody in my circle that I can talk to about Wheel of Time. So when I finally got the chance to, to sit in on one of the recording sessions, I, I just had a total blast. So check that out. It is out now. It's an episode called The Shadow, and we they talk about all all things, The Shadow, The Dark One, Dark Friends, Trollocs, all that good stuff, and it, it was really cool. I just finished the series, so now I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast. And you can definitely listen to the podcast as a companion. Um, and I have listened to a few episodes, but I wanted to make sure I watched the show and understood it and would get the references first. Um, and I, yeah, I was floored by. It. I thought it was a great show, and so I'm I'm really encouraging our listeners to go check that podcast out if you haven't done so. So, without any further ado. We're going to get right into it. There are 23 posters. We're going to talk about all of them. It's uh, We're going to go as quickly as we can, uh, probably not at, at our normal, um, let's just say, not light speed pace, <laughs> or else we're going to be here for 23 hours. I mean, we could talk an hour about every poster if we let ourselves. So, uh, <laughs> but we're, we're going to get through this in a reasonable amount of time. Don't you worry. Um, and there's... A lot of cool theories that have been floating around. People went right to work on it. I mean, the Tolkien fandom is insane. I mean, there are people doing uh, translations of you could see Tengwar text or Kuzduel, the dwarven runes. You could so people were out there translating that stuff. Um, there were people doing like uh, okay. So one quick thing about the posters, I should have said this first. Um, they're character posters, but you don't see anyone's face. Okay, they're all from like the neck down. And it's basically their torso. You see their hands and their hands are usually holding something, a sword, a scepter, a fruit, um, presumably something that indicates or relates to their character and their role in the show. So it's that's a really cool marketing teaser because it gives us a lot, but also not everything. We still don't see their faces. There's still a lot that's left out. So it gives us plenty to chew on. But since all of these posters featured people's hands, of course, people on the internet are going to take those hands and they're going to look up pictures of hands of all the actors that we know are affiliated <laughs> with the show and do hand comparisons. And I kid you not, I mean, this, there's some really in-depth, like close-up hand comparisons yeah. and and they cracked the code on some of this stuff. I mean, some of them, they really cracked it and they're like, we can conclusively tell whose hand this is so we know which character this is. And uh, that just cracks me up. So we'll get into that all of that. Yeah, that is another level. I love it. I'm glad someone else did it, so I didn't have to do it for this podcast because that's a lot of work. Um, but impressive sleuthing there, and also, man, I just love the mystery around this. Such a such a smart campaign. They're just they are saying a lot, and they're also leaving a lot to the imagination. It's just it's all it's all so beautiful um, and so so well done. So I think we're gonna just go down the line. Yep. And jump and in. So without any further ado, uh, we are going to be using a list that was put together by the Digital Tolkien Project. Uh, uh, they took all of the posters and just sort of put them into a spreadsheet. Um, they tweeted it out. So it's also on our page. We retweeted it. So we're just going to use this list uh, and we're going to go in the order that is listed in that spreadsheet. And it's just helpful because it puts uh, the descriptive text that Amazon tweeted out to accompany the picture. It's all in one little spreadsheet, so it's kind of useful. So we're, you know, kudos to the Digital Tolkien Project. Thank you. We're going to be using your spreadsheet as a guide today. So the first image, the first poster in the list is, I'll read the descriptive text. 
Close-up of someone's hands over a large metal hammer. We do not see this person's face, but we do see a red beard. The hands have multiple rings. We see the person's chest behind the hands clad in crimson armor. And, you know, this is a, uh, this is clearly a dwarf. Uh, no doubt yeah, about it. This is a dwarf. Most definitely. And I, I love the aesthetic here, uh, you know, right off the bat. And we'll see this with a, one of the posters that have dwarven hands later. You know, they have nice meaty hands. These are dwarves hands. You can tell it's a dwarf's hands uh, just by the thickness of them. Then they're a little dirty, a little gritty, or a little hairy. Yeah, and that's something I wanted to comment on about all the posters, just the the lighting and color aesthetic. So there is, in some ways, I see a similarity to the aesthetic of Wheel of Time in terms of the lighting, sort of bright colors, very visible. And I, I, I like the lighting in the Wheel of Time. It's, uh, you know, even the dark images and the dark scenes, everything is very visible. It's very bright. The colors pop. Uh, Mm -hmm. People have criticized the Wheel of Time because the character's clothes are too clean. Uh, And I get that. You have people who are living in the two rivers and they're sheep herders and they're, you know, townies. And for some reason, all their their garb is just like fresh off the rack from Bed Bath & Beyond. I mean, the the clothes (laughs) have never gotten grimy ever, you know, so it's too clean. So people were getting a little bit upset about that. You know, this isn't true fantasy we want to see a little more realism and i think from these images it does feel like we get a little bit more realism a lot of the hands are grimy we see some dirt on the clothes Mm -hmm. um but at the same time i do still see a similar color aesthetic a similar lighting aesthetic which i think is a good thing because i do think that wheel of time looks good definitely i love had the drama of these photos they're very high definition they're very clear and crisp but but there there's also very dramatic and they're just so well shot and the colors as you said really pop um and go together nicely and with this particular picture what i want to note is the presence of rings on the finger i think that's always going to be significant right the people who are wearing rings and the people who are not wearing rings Mm -hmm. i think i think is significant and there's speculation about who this could be uh, on our neato spreadsheet here. So some s- speculate this could be Narvi. This could be Durin the third. Um, we're not really sure, but it does look like someone important. I mean, the, the most important dwarves are going to have, are going to be a little decked out and the presence of the rings is significant. You're not going to see mm-hmm. rings on your average dwarf. Um, but also the the fancy tool there that he's holding the the axe. It appears it's an axe. Um, well, it looks it's it is a hammer, at least according to the oh, it's a hammer. Text. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and I can confirm uh, that this is Durin. Um, Fellowship oh, you of can Fans. Great. Yeah, about twenty four hours after all the posters came out, um, there was you know this is why we waited twenty four hours because we knew there were going to be a lot of people going to work translating the posters we knew fellowship of fans would get some leaks and be able to probably confirm a few of the characters and this is one of the characters that he was able to confirm this is durin this is uh who is being played by owen arthur so this is the king this is the uh, king of the Longbeards, king uh under the in the of the mines of moria going to be for sure a major major character and we also know that the Coos dual script that is on the hammer so we can see a little bit of a, a gold plate that runs up the stock of the hammer near the head 
and we can see a little bit of Ku's duel, and that has been translated. Um, you know, we got the translation from um, uh, the Dwarrow scholar, a guy who is just dedicated specifically to Dwarven languages and Dwarven culture. He's all into that niche of the LOTR community, which is super dope. Um, and and the translation is Awake Sleeping Stone, which just, mwah, chef's kiss. Love that so cool. uh, Very uh, line cool. on there. Um, to, to have that on the hammer, you know, using that hammer to awake the sleeping stone, which is a perfect reflection of the way the dwarves think about the stone. It is something to be awoken the same way that uh, uh, Yavanna and the elves, you know, wake up the trees and feel that they're alive. The dwarves have a similar relationship to, to the mountain, to stone, to building. Um, not but exactly also, the same, but it is, you know, they, they, they love their works. Yeah. And it also harkens back to the Arkenstone and the significance that stones and gems play in dwarven culture. Sure, sure. All right. Next up on this list, uh, this is clearly dwarf number two. I'm going to read the descriptive text. Close up of someone's hands. We do not see this person's face. Their hands are clasped together and there is gold dust on their fingers. They're wearing golden and jeweled bracelets and a flowing robe with golden triangles wrapped over their shoulders. So this is another one that has been confirmed by fellowship already. Um, but Jen, I'm curious what your theory is on this one. Um, when I saw it, to be perfectly honest, I, I thought, could this be a priestess or one or somebody in Numenor pre, you know, Sauron coming pre Anatar, um, something like that. It just evokes, uh, definitely evokes a, somebody of power and it's definitely very regal, but, uh, now we know that it's not, that it's not that, um, I love the gold on the fingers and the yes. detail here. It's very yes. beautiful. Yeah, I had a, a similar thought when I saw this. I mean, it, it, my mind did jump to dwarf just because of the slightly thicker hands. I thought, okay, they, they're going to deliberately do that for dwarf. But, you know, any humans can have thick hands, so it could have been a, a human character. Um, but when I also noticed that there's gold dust on her hands, just as there was gold dust on the, the hands of the last characters, which we know is Durin, and we knew that was... Uh, a dwarf, no doubt, just because of the hammer in the picture. So there's gold dust on their hands in both shots. I thought, okay, that's no coincidence. The gold dust indicates that these are dwarves, which is just kind of fun to think that they, they have, even the queen has gold dust on her hands, which evokes the idea that they're working in the forges, they're working on metals, which I don't think that she would have the dust on her hands actually from that. I think maybe it's probably a decorative, I'm imagining that the dwarves do this decoratively sort of in honor of their love of uh, metal work, you know? So it's, it's something that they will deliberately put on even in special occasions because it reflects their, their craft. Mm. Yeah. So, so just to be, they're choosing to do. That's cool. Very cool. Just to be clear, we think this is Durin's queen. Yes. And that is actually uh, confirmed. That, that is confirmed. That is Durin. Yes. It is confirmed. This is um, uh, a dwar- Well, it is a Dwarven queen. Not necessarily Durin's queen, but I, I think we're probably just going to see one dwarven kingdom in this show. So I think we can expect that this is Durin's wife, um, played by Sophia Nomvete. And 
just to a reminder of prior leaks we had, she will sing a sad lament after a mine collapses. So we talked about this in a previous spoiler episode um, that there will be some sort of huge collapse in the minds of, I assume in the minds of Moria, uh, a dwarven, I think if I recall correctly, a, a dwarven king will fall down a shaft, um, which again, I'm assuming would be Durin. And so when that happens, uh, she then sings a sad lament at, at some point in the show. And I am this character. I am so thrilled that they are including things like that. Singing is such a part of the books. It's a huge part of the books. Characters express themselves very much through song. And so the fact that that is being included to me, that that is incredible. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. And I really like the whatever cloth is behind her hands, like the shirt, the dress or whatever it is. It's a really interesting, yeah. unique cloth. It almost looks like it almost looks like the strands of a mop, like an old mop. It's like very thick strands, like yarn type strands. But it has uh, the way it bends. It seems like more supple material, almost like it's thick silk somehow. It, it, it's just really, yeah. really unique. It's unique. Definitely regal. Um, right off the bat, we, we're getting a poster of a, a, a powerful female figure. I think that's that's really cool. And a, a female dwarven figure. It's just a mm -hmm. unicorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excited about this one for sure. Okay. So let's move on to the next one, which I think is the is probably my one of my favorites uh, of the whole lot here. And let me just read the descriptive text. A close-up of someone's left hand. We do not see this person's face. They are in silver-colored medieval-style armor. Their left hand is in front of their chest holding a silver and golden dagger pointed downwards. And one thing that is not specified in the text, but which you can see when you actually look at it, is that the silver and golden dagger, the silver and gold are kind of split in halves. So the, the dagger, lengthwise, the left half of it is gold, the right half of it is silver. There's a little bit of intertwining there. But when you look at the hilt and you zoom in, I think it's pretty clear that the dagger is the two trees of Valinor, uh, Laurelin mm. and Telperion, mm -hmm. the golden and silver trees. And that tells you, okay, this is an elf. This is an elf that is from Valinor. Um, I think we can probably assume that we're only in Middle Earth here in the show. We're not going to be in Valinor at all. So th that means it's probably a Noldoran exile. And that narrows the list a lot. I, I think this hand is a feminine hand. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The the armor that's being worn is got a feminine bend to it. Now, not conclusively. Mm -hmm. At first, when I was looking at this, I was thinking, "All right, there are like I'm, I was thinking of old French medieval armor had this mm -hmm. kind of bend to it, like and men would wear it too, where it kind of sure. cinched in in the waist and would sort of come out at the hips. Um, so they could have been adopting sort of a French medieval aesthetic to the armor and made it a man, but it, I was like, all right, 99% sure this is a female. And so, all right, female, elf, Nolder in exile. This is probably a main character. That all screams Galadriel, right? Galadriel, yes, absolutely. I thought that right off the bat looks like a smooth fem feminine hand. It's exciting that she's holding a weapon. Are we going to see her in battle, question mark? Right, I right. Just so many questions, but very, very cool that she's decked out in battle gear and holding a weapon. Surprising. Um, a mm -hmm. little bit surprising. I don't think of her as a warrior. 
at all, but um, but I think there will be lots of surprises in this show. Uh, it's yeah. a beautiful, it's a beautiful image, and I'm absolutely excited about it too. I love the silver and gold. I love the trees intertwined, just gorgeous. Yeah, and this is another one of the character um, posters that was confirmed by Fellowship of Fans. It, it is confirmed that this is Galadriel. So um, I think this is the one that most of the people came to agreement on kind of right away. Everyone was pretty quickly sure that this is Galadriel. And yes, it was confirmed that this is Morfit Clark, or at least her hand. So, and we know that she's playing Galadriel. Uh, it's our girl. It, she, you know, she is wearing armor. She does have a dagger. And like I mentioned, we have a whole news episode. We need to round up some of the old news. And some of the old news leaks does indicate that Galadriel will have fight scenes. So we are going to see a more sort of warrior-esque element, a warrior-esque Galadriel than we know from the Lord of the Rings. And, you know, we don't have to get into all that right now. I think there's a lot to explore there. Um, Some people will be excited about it. Um, Some people will not be excited about it. And I don't think there's a right or wrong there. It's just, it's a very different version of Galadriel than than we see in the books or really anywhere in the Legendarium. There is some support for the notion that she uh, was very athletic and that she participated in the fighting um, when there was, when Feanor took the ships and left Valinor, there was the kinslaying and the, um, Tolkien says that she fought against that. So there, she, the, he does use the word fight there. So there is some small support for the idea that she could have engaged in battle at some point. Um, but that being said, Galadriel's, function in the Lord of the Rings is very nonviolent. Um, yes, definitely. I have mixed feelings, but we'll unpack that at, right. a, at a future episode. Right, 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 right. I, I got to hold my tongue because there's a lot to explore there and and uh, I don't want to open that can of worms. Okay, next one we got here. Close up of hands clasped in front of someone's body. We do not see this person's face. They're clad in golden robes and have several golden rings on their fingers. The text reads, Amazon original, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power Prime video. So I don't know why they included that in the descriptive text. Unnecessary. Um, but <laughs> this was one. Okay, this is another one that's been confirmed. So I know the answer. Jen, I don't think you've seen Fellowship's confirmation of it yet. So you tell me who you think it is. And I bet that you will not get it right because I didn't get it right. And most people did not get it right. I think most people went in a different direction. So this is a bit of a surprise. So who do you think this is? I mean, when I first saw it, I thought, okay, it's got the the stars on the robes. So I was thinking, okay, this could be elves or it could be... It could also be a king. It could also be our Farazone, the king of Numenor, who we know we're going to mm-hmm. see because it's so regal, gold, rings all over the place. It evokes power. Um, it, and so for me, I thought maybe maybe an elf of power or a Numenorean king, our Farazone. Mm-hmm. Those were my two. Those were my two choices. And I thought maybe Gilgalad, a, a prominent elf, who we know we're going to see. But uh, not not sure what I, I want to know what you know. Well, put you, all right. I'm curious, though. Make a vote if you had to choose. If you had to choose. Okay. If I had to choose, there's something there's something that seems more elvish to me and that it's got a more feminine. The robes are a little more feminine. Uh, the aesthetic overall is a little more feminine. The stars. We know elves are tied to stars. So I'm going to say it's an elf. Um, 
Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, maybe Kellen Brimbor Gil- or Gilgalad. Someone like that. Oh, man. I can't believe it. You got it. It is Gilgalad. Oh, you it is got Gilgalad. It. I can't believe it. Yeah, you got it. It's Gilgalad. And the reason I'm so surprised is, so this is gold on gold on gold. Yeah. Full on gold robes, gold rings, uh, you know, gold rings with a gold gem in it. I mean, there's not a hint of any other color. And so the thing that came to my mind was, we know that our Farazone's nickname was the golden. He was our Farazone, the golden. So the I was golden, like, oh, that's right. This is our Farazone. And the hands are, and you know, you could go too deep and trying to analyze whether a hand looks elvish or human. Yeah. I mean, you know, so <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have been thinking like this, but the hand doesn't look like the smoothest hand, you know, like an elvish hand. It looks like a man's yeah. hand. It's got a little bit of a, yeah. you know, vascularity to it you know there's some muscles i see not the, the knuckles. cleanest it's not the cleanest you know it's those hands have worked a couple of days in their lives you know yeah so i thought okay it's not an elvish hand this is our fair zone but um no it is gilgalad and uh this is one of the ones where people did did some sleuthing on hand pictures and they took this hand picture and if you like zoom in and you look at the pinky finger and the the like ring finger next to it there's i guess a crease around the knuckle for both those fingers. Okay, do you see that? And that I wouldn't have thought twice about that, but I guess that's kind of unique. And someone found the the actor who's playing Gilgalad. They found pictures of him around and it's like, oh, look at his hands, his fingers do the same thing. This and I was like, that's ridiculous, but it actually ended up being right. So uh, Wow. Wow. So <laughs> that's amazing. I yeah, I'm floored by that. I also am reading from the spreadsheet that there may be some words embroidered on the robe or somewhere, el- per- perhaps elvish words, but I don't see that. So, whoever wrote that must be really, really, really zoomed in. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not seeing that. Better zoom than me. One thing that you can see is there are so there's a star on the torso kind of directly above the hand so in the shot on the on the torso and it's uh the star kind of like it looks like it's probably clipping not a cape but you know some of the robes are being clipped up by the star and this star is an eight-pointed star that looks like the star of feanor so it it is a feanorian symbol i'm pretty certain um, and if I had looked more closely at that, it made would have made me think, okay, this is somebody in the line of Feanor, which would have made me think of Celebrimbor, because mm-hmm. Celebrimbor was related. But it's a little uh, too regal for Celebrimbor, I think. You think so? You think so? Yeah, I think so. He like, are you thinking of Celebrimbor? Because he's working in the forges, working on the rings. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. right. So, but this is a this is a beautiful looking shot. I mean, all the gold. It is gorgeous. And there is, if you zoom in, this beautiful embroidery on the arms. There's tons of detailed work there. I mean, I I can't imagine the work that went into um went into it. And you know what? When you zoom in on the on the sleeve there, you can kind of see some letters. I see I think an R, an I. Uh I'm not really getting anywhere here but you know i see letters of some kind um i heard someone say and that's in this spreadsheet here that um there's potentially uh embroidered on the sleeves um possibly suggesting elbereth which is a reference to varda the 
the uh, Manway, Manway's partner, um, the basically the highest Valar. So that's a little interesting. But um, let's move on to the next one. Uh, okay, close up of someone's left hand holding a golden rod. We do not see this person's face. At the top of the rod, there is what appears to be a small sculpture. There's a ring on the hand, and we can see that the person is clad in simple light brown robes. And the sculpture is, I mean, it's like a whole city, basically. its uh, There's a tower. Um, Jen, what's your guess? Oh, my goodness. I had a tough time with this one. I mean, again, note the presence of a ring, always significant. Mm-hmm. To me, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this has got to be a wizard. This has got to be a wizard. Like this, the rod, the staff, um, the robes. But it now... Too clean and regal and powerful for a wizard, right? I mean, all the Astari, are, they have sort of simple drab robes. Right. <laughs> um, but according to this spreadsheet that I'm reading, they're saying Elrond or Elros. Which I thought was really interesting. And what could that city be? I mean, looking, I can't really zoom in enough to see, but I think that's uh, a pretty cool image there and unique. And I wonder if it is indeed a staff or if it's something else. So we do have confirmation from Fellowship of Fans that this is Elrond. And the city that is sculpted on the top of this rod, which is kind of like a little scepter, is Gondolin. So Gondolin Mm. was a great elder city from the First Age that was ultimately destroyed by Morgoth. Um, It was a hidden city. It was built in the in the you know cleft in the valley between some mountains. So it was completely hidden. Morgoth had no idea where it was, and it was the greatest elder stronghold in Middle Earth during the First Age. And ultimately, it was discovered by Morgoth and destroyed. one of the great elf friends and uh, great man characters in the first age tour um, was a part of that story and he escaped. And you can see here on the top of the scepter, there are these two kind of wings on the side, which is mm-hmm. imagery that is related to tour. So that's really a really beautiful and cool image and cool design that ties into uh, first age iconography. And it's really neat that Elrond would have that. Uh, and that is something that I would think would be passed down to him, probably. I mean, I guess they could create it in in um, honor of their first age legends. But if it was something that was actually created during the first age, it would have been passed down to him because he he was a very young elf at the end of the first age. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wasn't really around. He wasn't in Gondolin. He wasn't doing things in Gondolin. So this would be something that would be passed down to him. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, we know we know and love Elrond and I cannot wait to get more of him. And you can't help but think that he's going to be a guiding light and like the the wise elf that we know from the movies. But I think there's going to be a lot. I think he's going to be much more dynamic in this series. So I'm excited to see which aspects of him they play up. I, I agree with you. And I think that this character poster really reinforces that idea because there are some other posters that we're going to talk about where th- that seem more akin to the Elrond that we know from the third age. They're, they're almost like librarian-esque. Um, you know, someone's holding a scroll, someone's holding uh, a book. It, it just has, strikes me as more of an Elrond vibe, but those aren't 
Elrond, this is Elrond. And this poster, I was sure, was like, when I first looked at it, maybe it's Arpharazon, maybe it's Tar Palantir, one of the earlier Numenorean kings, uh, because it has a very regal uh, mm-hmm. type of vibe. Uh, holding the scepter, it, it conveys authority. And also the, the robes behind it are very simple. So this mm-hmm. is a character that, to me, screams good guy because there is authority, there's royalty, there's a royal aspect to it, but it's also not, um, this character isn't full of himself. <laughs> He's just mm-hmm. got simple robes. Unlike Gilgalad, all gold, there are some other um, robed characters where it's just more, much more ornate and mm-hmm. delicate and kind of precious. And Elrond's not playing with that. He is a ruler. He's down to business. He seems like a... I'm pulling a lot out of just a picture of some guy's hand holding a scepter, but this Elrond strikes me as a guy who is a capable leader, uh, can lead his people in war and in peace. Um, I'm excited about all everything that this tells me, which is probably I'm taking way too much out of it, but that's the whole point of this exercise. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. And man, we're, this gets me fired up. <laughs> but speaking of scrolls, as you yes. mentioned... So the next one says, close up of someone's hands. We do not see this person's face. They basically, okay, I'm going to skip that from now on because that's the start of every the descriptive text for every <laughs> single one. Yes, we see someone's hands and we don't see their face. Okay, skipping that. They are holding a golden rod that appears to hold a scroll. They are dressed in ornate robes of crimson, red, forest green, and gold embroidered with gold thread. So this is what I was talking about. I thought that this was potentially Elrond because, you know, Elrond is is an elf of learning. He is the most knowledgeable lore master in all of Middle Earth in the Third Age. So this looks more like a lore master to me. This is someone holding a scroll mm-hmm. uh, in sort of thick, plush robes. Um, I thought this was Elrond, but it is not. And I don't often let me check and see if we know who this is. But who who would you guess it is? Yeah, I have no idea. An elf. Um, I thought an elf just because of the the nature of the pomp and circumstance. And look at the scroll. Look at the design of the scroll. It screams elvish to me. Yeah. Um, and the ornate robes, all of that. I thought, okay, an elf, maybe a scholar. Uh, we do know that the Tangwar written on the scroll in English is King Square View from South. So that... <sighs> That kind of confused me. I thought this must be an important elf or someone advising an important mm-hmm. elf. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think we have confirmation on this guy. We, well, so this is one that we actually do. You do. Uh, we do. We do. And you are never going to guess it because it is totally inconsistent with something you said earlier. This is Celebrimbor. Yeah, that doesn't attract to me at all. <laughs> um, but maybe I just have an image in my head that is going to be different from the Calumbrimbor we see on screen. I have like yeah, a or, rugged, I mean, you know. Uh, but you know, there's no such thing as a rugged elf, really. He, you know, Calumbrimbor works in the in the forges, but you know, when elves work, they don't really get dirt under their fingernails. They're he above cleans all that. up nice. Let's he, uh, cleans he cleans up, up nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is him on his finest day addressing. Yes. yes. The royal council or something of that nature. This is, yeah, this is Celebrimbor's fanciest attire. <laughs> so the most interesting thing that we learned is not, nothing that we get from this poster, but it came from Fellowship of Fans confirmation that this is Celebrimbor, because that also came with the confirmation that Celebrimbor is being played by Charles Edwards. Uh, Charles Char- Edwards. Charles Edwards, who's an English actor. He was in The Crown, and he basically played like... Uh, 
the the I don't want to say not a butler, but kind of the the head of the uh, of the castle's household. God, I don't know British things, but he basically <laughs> ran the castle. He was like chief of staff. Okay, we'll put it mm, in American. Mm-hmm. He's like the the queen's chief of staff, um, and he's a bit older. Yes, uh, for, this was really surprising to me. He's fifty two, which is old. It, it's not old if we froze him in time. I think it'd be fine. <laughs> But if this show is going for six, seven, eight seasons, he's going to be pushing 60. And yeah, Kelly Brimbor, you know, is not a 60-year-old. I don't know. This was so out of left field for me, th- this pick. I don't yeah. I don't understand yeah. it at all. But then again, I have, like, a muscular, like, thirst trap of a guy in my head. <laughs> I'm just not going to get that out of Kelly yeah. Brimbor. Yeah. And that's okay. I, mean, I, I like this we actor. You just have to recalibrate. Yeah, he's a good I, actor. Yeah. A good actor, but yeah, you're right. I I'm kind of uh, I get I'm influenced by that. There is a, one specific picture of Killer Brimbor that sort of floats around the internet, and it's it gets used and reused, and it's like a very muscular Killer Brimbor yes. in the forges. You know, almost I think he's shirtless even, and he's pounding with his hammer. And I I really like that picture. That picture actually doesn't feel right to me because I don't think elves ever get beefy like that. It's just not how elves are, even if they're working in in the forges, working um, pounding hammer all day. Like elves are already already always strong, and it's just they don't get beefy. They're always live. That to me, in my mind's eye, elves, even the strongest ones, are just live. And um, so that image, which I really really like, it's a great uh, piece of visual art. It doesn't track with my headcanon of, of how elves look. So I'm okay. I don't need my Celebrimbor board to be, um, you know, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger type. But nonetheless, sorry, Charles Edwards, you are a little bit old to be starting with Celebrimbor. But it's very possible that we won't see Celebrimbor through six seasons, you know. Yeah, he may definitely. He may get just sort of some flashbacks in the first season and they'll kill him off or something. Uh, yeah, it's but it's just it's just that we may be getting the the older, wiser Kellen Brimbor, who is now less in the mines and, and foraging and more reading important scrolls. Well, we we know he's got <laughs> he, we know he's going to be forging because he's got to forge the rings. That's his whole. That's true. That's his whole purpose. <laughs> but clearly, also reading, advising, or reading important things. A person of right. of importance of power. So. so Nerd of the Rings in his breakdown of this poster, um, he referenced a translation, I can't remember the source now, but that said that the text reflected or talked about Armenelos. Now, Ar- Armenelos is the capital of Numenor. Um, I, mm. I'm not sure if that translation was right or not, but if it was right, that it's interesting that Celebrimbor would be holding a scroll, looking at a scroll that talks about you know, the king's city in Armenelos. So he's talking about and interacting with the Numenorians, which we don't have anything in the um, source material to indicate that he interacted with the Numenorians in any way. We know that he interacted with the dwarves in, in Moria and they had a partnership there, but uh, nothing suggesting that he had a relationship with the Numenorians. So uh, not that he would need to have a relationship with the Numenorians to be reading about them, but why would he care really about the Numenorians if he's not engage with them in some way so just kind of an interesting little tidbit i don't know if that's true but that did pop up a nerd of the rings channel and um he usually has some pretty good pretty good stuff Ooh, i didn't even think about that but that would make sense 
So next one, speaking of Nerd of the Rings, this was the poster that Nerd of the Rings previewed. Um, this one that he got straight from Amazon. The descriptive text says, the hand holds an arrow tightly. They are wearing clothing that features intricate designs. The text reads, blah, 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 Amazon, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the hand is a black hand, you know, black American, African American uh, hand. And it is, what is not described in the descriptive text is he's wearing some kind of, to me, it's a clearly a male hand. There's some sort of armor. The armor is not metal. It is, I think, clearly wood. It is carved, but very form-fitting. So I've never seen any sort of armor like this that is beautifully ornate, form-fitting wooden armor. There is a, looks like a, it is a dark cloak. Kind of reminds me of the the cloaks that the Fellowship wore out of Lorien. Um, something that Nerd of the Rings turned us on to in his breakdown, if you zoom in on the top right, which gets closer to the neck of the character, you can see a hint of uh, a brooch that again looks like the brooches that were given to the Fellowship coming out of Lorien. So, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, this is another one that Fellowship of Fans confirmed, so we'll get confirmation, but um, of the actor, but we don't have confirmation of the in-universe character that that actor is playing. So, it is, you know, open season for speculation on this one. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you the actor first okay? because it doesn't really spoil anything in terms of the character. It is uh, Ishmael Cruz Cardova. Got it. Was one of the first sort of major actors that we knew was linked to the show. I knew he was an elf, by the way. I was right about that. Well, we don't know that this is an elf. We still don't know that this is an elf. Oh, okay. I just thought this was an elf because of like a wood elf. Um, because of I think of archery, I think of elves, and then the ornate nature of the the armor. I could be wrong. That it just it just screams elf to me. Yeah, I I think I am in your camp on that. I have the same vibe. Um, you know, I, when I who else could make ornate wooden armor like that? That is form fitting. I think that would be beyond the skills of men. At least I imagine it to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I think of him as being a wood elf, and again the the relationship of the brooch. Mm-hmm. I I think this is like a forebear of the Galathrim, uh, maybe a Sylvan elf. You know, mm-hmm. one of not Legolas's people because Legolas has sort of a different descent, but Legolas and Thranduil they ruled over Sylvan elves. So I I think of this as probably being some sort of Sylvan elf. Um. That being said, Nerd of the Rings has a different theory. Um, his theory is that this is one of the men of the Menethwaif. I'm probably pronouncing that not quite right. Um, but it's sort of to the southwest of Middle-earth. And it's a, it's a group of men that don't get referenced that often, but uh, they are just sort of... Uh, they are a different culture of men that exist in Middle-earth that Amazon could be taking this opportunity to explore. Um part of the reason he thinks that's the case is because on the sort of the breast portion of this wooden armor carving is a face and it's a face that looks like to me, it could be an ent. And that's what most people are saying. This kind of looks like a carving of an ent. Um, Right. There's like a leaf, like the part of the beard looks like a leaf. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. The beard and 
looks like like the hair coming off of the head. It looks mm-hmm. like looks like a leaf. So yeah, I think that's why the Nerd of the Ring sort of went in the direction of maybe these are men that live around or close to the forest of Fangorn, which is a little bit larger in the Second Age. Um, it has shrunk some by the time we get to the Third Age and the Lord of the Rings uh, periods that we read about. In the Second Age, it's a little bit bigger. So he thinks maybe this is a, a clan of men that lives near Fanghorn and kind of worships the Ents. Maybe they interact with the Ents more at this point. I kind of like that idea, A, because then we get Ents, which mm-hmm. I think I said this is one of my earliest hopes and desires in one of our earliest episodes. I think maybe go back to episode two or three. Um, I said, I want to see Ents in the second age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if this is any indication that we get Ents, I am just going all in on that. Um, yes. And, and that, with this, yeah, with the CGI we have now and the, what we can do now, I think that'll be really exciting. Right. looking. And I like that it will be a very different version of the Ents because mm-hmm. the Ents that we got in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, um, they're more on the tree side of the tree man yeah. hybrid thing, you know, and, Lord of the Rings, the way that Tolkien described them, it's a little bit open to interpretation. And in my head canon, Definitely. I always imagine the Ents as being um, a little bit more mannish with tree qualities rather mm. than trees with right. man qualities, the way that Peter Jackson did. So if if this carving is an Ent, it is definitely more mannish. You see a nose, you see eyes. Um, mm. it, so it's kind of like a man with a leafy beard. And so I'm kind of excited to see if they're going to take Ents in a different direction. Yeah. And maybe humanizing them a little bit more, a little more realistic. I could I could get behind that. But one way or the other, um, we really don't know whether this is a man or an elf. I still, I think it is probably an elf because we don't have a lot of the other characters in here that scream wood elf. And I think they've right. got to have a wood elf <laughs> in the character. Yeah. Some, just some sylvan elves. Um, they're not going to leave that race unexplored. So I, my guess would be Wood Elf. Yeah. And hey, they're representing so many different groups with these posters, which I love. So many different mm-hmm. races and ethnicities and groups of people that I would not be surprised if they're like, okay, we have, we have the Sylvan Elf. Now we have to do, you know, a Wood Elf. Now we have to, in- including all of the groups, which is cool. Right. One thing that does cut against our theory uh, is when Fellowship posted about this and confirmed that this is a picture of Ishmael Cruz Cardovia, Cardova, he reminded us that a previous leak was that Ishmael Cruz Cardova was seen on the Human Village battle sets. Um, mm. So we know that he had filmed scenes in the Human Village. Now, an elf can be in a human village. The plot could take them there, so it's not conclusive one way or the other, but that maybe leans a little bit more in favor of the notion that this is a human uh, because it would make a lot of sense for a human to be on a human battle set, right? Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think that that necessarily indicates... It could be a, a good friend of the humans. We know elves and humans have been have been tight, so I, I don't think it rules out an elf, but we, we sure. shall see. I guess one thing we should mention before moving on, a lot of people have been speculating this is one of the uh, Druidan, hmm. like one of the Pukelmen from Lord of the Rings. I, I don't see that at all. I think this is a little bit too ornate. Um, the description yeah. of the, the Druidan from Lord of the Rings did not suggest that they had armor or the ability to create armor this ornate. Um, 
or that they wore cloaks. I mean, the descript the description of the Druidan, they were much more um, archetypal, sort of the the green man, the simple back to nature type of character. Right. Uh, they're they're actually. I mean, it, it's they're kind of problematic, frankly, uh, of all <laughs> the things in, in Tolkien's Legendarium that are that are problematic. That's the one that to me is the most probably the most problematic. Um, sort of the notion of the noble savage is a very problematic trope in um, not just fantasy, but uh, in old fiction. Um, yeah. And Tolkien just kind of uses that randomly with the Druidan. So I don't think this is Druidan because it wouldn't be consistent with the way Tolkien wrote them. Now, maybe Amazon is updating it. And they're saying we're going to have the Druidan and they're going to be a, a little bit fancier than Tolkien depicted them. Could be. But um, I, I'm not really digging that theory. I just don't think it doesn't feel right to me. I think that this is probably a wood elf or just some other race of men. Yeah, I think you're right about that. If you're enjoying Watch Party, Lord of the Rings, you really should check out our Wheel of Time podcast hosted by Rourke Tharmston. Rourke is a Wheel of Time expert and each week breaks down the latest episode from Amazon's adaptation of The Wheel of Time with a panel of brilliant and funny guests who have never read the books. If you've already read the Wheel of Time books, this podcast will be fun for you because you'll get to experience the show through the eyes of first-timers. And if you're new to the Wheel of Time universe yourself, then Watch Party Wheel of Time is really perfect because there are no spoilers. That's right, Watch Party Wheel of Time gives you spoiler-free analysis and discussion of each episode. Check it out today, available on every major podcasting platform. Watch Party Wheel of Time. Okay, next one. <laughs> I, I got to mention, this was a poster that was previewed first to um, someone with the screen name Run With Skizzers is their handle. I don't know if they're on Twitter or what, but that's just kind of uh, made me giggle. And the descriptive text is, they are dressed in a greenish robe and hold a sickle. That's all we get. And it's a greenish robe. And what the descriptive text doesn't say is that underneath the greenish robe, there is either a dress or a robe that is blue, kind of almost velvety, much nicer material with a what looks like a gold belt cinched around the waist. And it is not at all clear whether this is male or female. My hunch is female. But beyond that, I really don't know what to make of this poster at all. There's not a lot of iconography in there. There's not any text we can interpret or translate. There's a sickle. We don't really know what cultures would use sickles. I mean, it's a classic farming implement. Um, so I don't really know what to make of this. My only guess would be it could be it could be a human from any human community in Middle Earth. My only guess is maybe this is one of the Harad or Easterlings, just because of the use of the sickle seems to be to the extent this is not a farming implement, maybe it's a weapon. It is like a scythe, maybe, instead of a sickle. Um, that would be a type of weapon used, I think, more likely to be used by the Harad or the Easterlings or their forebears. So that's my only guess, but it really could be anything. Yeah, I have the least to say about this one. Really confusing. I thought human for some reason, just it looks it looks a little grittier than, than yeah. an elf. Um but yeah, really confusing whether that's a weapon or is this a farmer? But then again, there's very fancy, very fancy belts, very fancy attire. So I just I just have no clue about this one. This is mysterious to me. 
I think you might be right about the Easterling. We know we're going to get a little bit of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you zoom in, if you zoom in a lot to the the belts, the belt is made out of several, we can see four gold squares, which are clearly connected. And so the belt is like a series of, uh, of squares that are connected by a, maybe a piece of leather. And on each square is that there are images and it's uh, alternating. You can't really tell what it is. It almost looks like a squid, <laughs> a squid, and then like a bird and then a squid and then a bird, but it's not a squid. It's like a, it's like a round circle with curly cues on the bottom and maybe a flower in the middle. All this is to say there are clearly images here and designs that refer or relate to something, but I can't tie it to anything I'm familiar with in the legendarium at all. And I haven't heard anybody with any theories uh, mm-hmm. tying it to anything either. So there, there's iconography here to be interpreted, but I don't think anybody has any idea how to interpret it. Mm-hmm. So this, this is one I think we're kind of at a loss and it, it, it could go, could go in any direction. Yeah. Mystery. But I do really like, I mean, this is, if you zoom in on the, the, the side of the sickle here, I mean, the blade is really rough and worn, almost looks decayed. And the handle, it's a wood, wood handle that's sort of splitting down the middle. I mean, you know, we said this at the top, people complain about Wheel of Time being too pristine. Uh, we're not getting an overly pristine fantasy universe here. It looks like we're going to get some decay. We're going to get some grit and grime um, from time to time. So, and, and I think that's important because we oh, yeah. need it to be, we need certain cultures and certain characters to be gritty and grimy so that the elves, when we see them, that there's such a difference that it really stands out. The elves need to stand out as being otherworldly and beautiful and sort of above the other races in some way. And I think a way to do that is to, to have them looking a a little cleaner, just cleaner clothes, cleaner faces, cleaner hands than all of our other characters who have to sort of wallow in the muck and mire like uh, normal people. Details like that also can completely take you out of the series and the other world that they're trying to create when they don't pay attention to things like this would have been a farmer who would have whose hands would have been dirty, who would have been working when when the person is too pristine or the character is too pristine, it does take you out of it. And it is a legitimate criticism. So I right. hear that. Um, All right, let's, I'm let's do the next one. Oh, very sorry, excited you about to say one. on that. No, that's oh. it. I'm ready for the next one. This is this is a really interesting one. Okay, this mm-hmm. is a close-up of someone's right hand holding a broken sword pointing upward. We do not see this person's face, of course. The sword is old and jagged, and the hilt is ornate. They're clad in a robe of fur and animal skin. And to give you a little bit more description, the sword, so it's, it is broken, and the sword is a black blade, some sort of black metal, black material. The hilt looks... Uh, there's it said it's ornate and what it means by that is there's metal that sort of wraps around as if there is uh, I don't know how to describe it but it would wrap around the blade and have sort of a casing and now it looks decayed so it was a very ornate I want to say almost like a French style of, of sword hilt combined with it's like a heavy medieval broadsword with a ornate French handle almost and but it has been decayed. It looks like it has been underwater and it's rusted 
um, or it's been decayed by acid or lava or something like it is in really bad shape. Um, there's a lot of places to go with this, but I'm curious what you think of this, Jen. Oh man, this this one is very curious indeed. Um, I thought this has got to be the sword, the broken sword, the the blade that cut the ring from Sauron's hand. Oh, you think but so? Okay. No, I don't think that because it doesn't it doesn't quite add up. As you said, it looks it looks decayed and old, as if someone's found it and it's a symbol. It also, to me, has this dark quality. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is. Um, yeah, it looks very medieval, as you said, but it, it looks jagged and it looks like the wrong aesthetic to be made by men. Um, it looks like a tool of the dark forces to me. Mm, yeah. So so I'm not I'm having trouble placing it, really. And the blade is dark and black. Um, it just has this evil quality about it. So I'm I'm definitely a little stumped with this. Yeah, what's a little confusing is the blade, you're right, it it screams bad guy blade to me. Um, the, the black material, there are runes on it that nobody has been able to place. Um, you know, maybe there, maybe there is some sort of Tangwar or Elvish rune that has, due to decay um, or, you know, the cracking of the blade are now indecipherable. But I think that we would be able to tell if they were Elvish runes. So what language are we looking at? Well, the languages that we're not as familiar with, these are the black speech of Mordor. Well, on the ring, it's black speeches in um, Tengwar script and and Sauron never created a script of his own. That's in the books. Um, but I, you know, I wonder if Amazon is going to be coming up with a script for the evil language for the black speech of Mordor or maybe other mm. um, uh, other scripts of other men out east or the Har- uh, Haradrim. Right? They would have their own written text and we wouldn't be familiar with that in lord of the rings so they might come up with that uh, for the show so anyway this is some some script that we're not familiar with which makes me think it's a bad guy script um the sword seems really evil but the person holding it doesn't necessarily seem evil i mean not overtly there are some some of these posters seem overtly evil the the mm-hmm. design oh, of yeah. the clothing and the the garb feels evil this is just a person in uh, sort of a bear, uh, a, a fur coat, you know, thick leather um, fur around the neck. It just looks like a, a very rugged person. So why would sort of a a ranger type, someone who lives out in the forest and in the woods, a wild man, someone who lives in the wilderness, why would that person come across this sword, which clearly has some sort of... Uh, regal lineage whether it's regal from the Numenorians or the elves or if it's regal from um somehow related to sauron i don't know uh, mm. but why how, why would he be holding the sword and it makes me think like there's going to be some storyline of of a character coming across an evil relic um and mm. some plot line relating to that i don't know what that would be let me tell you one theory real quick that I had. So the black blade. So it looked to me like obsidian, which is like a volcanic glass. We saw that a lot in Game of Thrones. Um, that's mm. you know the, the the type of dragon glass that, that could kill the White Walkers. Now obsidian doesn't wouldn't actually make a good sword. Um, it would be too brittle. But they might sort of skim over that for the purposes of the show and say we have a volcanic obsidian 
uh, obsidian blade that was forged in the fires of Mount Doom, a volcano. So mm. my first thought was maybe this is some sword that was forged in Mordor. Um, so that was that was one thought I had. Could this be Anatar? You know, maybe. I think Holding this is a, a little too. I mean, you know, he's got dirty hands. Anatar, Anatar would be way fancier than this, don't you think? I mean, maybe, if Sauron's yeah. taking on his fair form, he's a pretty boy when he's dealing with uh, men and elves, right? Right. Yeah, toss up. Who who knows? Um, the next one is particularly cool. I well, before we, before we move on from this one, because this is probably the coolest one, so I I, I want to uh, yeah give everything really we got well. here. Um, a theory by Tolkien Guide, and he had some really cool theories uh, on, on a few of these posters. My favorite is on this one. So the only black blade that we are actually told about in the Legendarium is um, boy, now I'm blanking on the name. But uh, Aeol, the Dark Elf in the First Age, forged a blade out of metal that came from a meteor. Mm. Now, this is this is news we that we go. are going to be talking more about in, in uh, our subsequent um, news episode. But there was a leak that suggested that there is a meteor that's that part of the show will involve a meteor crash landing in Middle Earth and a character that arrives with the meteor and who has amnesia. Okay, so we can get into that in a different episode, but we do know that there's some sort of meteor that's going to be involved in Middle-earth. And we actually know that Tolkien did write about a meteor hitting Middle-earth and the dark elf Eol uh, or Ale forging a sword out of the metal of that meteor and then that sword was evil. It sort of had a mind of its own and a malevolent intent. And that that sword ultimately was it was broken and then reforged and taken up by Turin Turambar and then broken again when he slayed the dragon. Um, again, I'm blanking like uh, Garthang. I'm forgetting names, but so the blade like broke and yeah. you know, what is one of the effects of dragon's blood? Well, we know from that story that the blood was sort of like acid and that would, corrosive acid that would damage the blade. So Tolkien Guide's theory was that this is that blade, that black blade forged from a meteor that was broken in the belly of a great uh, serpent, a great dragon, uh, whose corrosive blood damaged the sword. And that is kind of exactly what we're looking at here. We're seeing a black blade that's broken that yeah, is corroded. Yeah, it all tracks. It all adds up exciting i love that they're including history this far back you know if that that is indeed what it is if that's what it is that begs the question are they actually going to be bringing turin turambar into the second age and jamming him in there or did someone just find this old sword i mean as you said it could have been passed down because it does look worn it does look old and a little rusted so I think it's entirely possible that somebody, that his descendants have it. But very cool nonetheless. Uh, again, it just shows me they're paying attention and that somebody's really done their homework if this is that sword. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so why don't you uh, bring us through the next one? Okay. Now, this is a really cool, this is a cool one. So what we have here is a, of course, the close-up of the right hand holding a sword pointing downward. 
The hilt of the sword is shaped like a white horse with a gold golden mane, and the person is dressed dressed in reddish scale mail. So the mail is very scaly. I think that when I first saw this, it struck me as this is definitely a man and of the race of men. I thought possibly someone from Numenor. We know there's a horse on the hilt, right? A white horse. But we mm-hmm. know the Numenorians were also horse lords. So mm-hmm. although you might think Rohan, when you look at this, this was before Rohan's time. Right. So I'm thinking Numenor. I'm thinking someone powerful, but but a warrior. Maybe not too, too powerful. I love the detail of the armor I think it's beautiful, and the sword itself is so beautiful. Got gold and silver, and I'm having trouble seeing the image on the sword. Do you have any more insight into that? Uh, Let me pull it up here. Um, So you can kind of zoom in, and it it looks like... um, So this is kind of interesting, and I think this supports the notion that this is one of the Northmen. But it almost looks like a serpent. You can see sort of uh, a tail that's uncoiling. At least that's what I see. Um, But it could also be an odd depiction of a horse. So you can kind of see almost like it looks like a seahorse, just the way it's depicted because they had to um, jam it sort of straight up. It looks like a seahorse. So you have a sort of seahorse head, um, and then they just sort of ignore the legs and turn it into a squiggly at the bottom. So it, it could be a variety of things. So my answer is, I don't know what the heck it is, but it could be a horse or it could be uh, it could be a dragon. And the reason I think that a dragon would be interesting because is because the precursors of the Rohirrim, the Northmen that became the Eothad, that became the Rohirrim, uh, there's a, a legend of one of them slaying uh, Skatha the dragon, I think is, is his name, Skatha the dragon. And so if that's sort of part of the legend of the Northmen, perhaps this is that Northman that killed Scotha the dragon and had it emblazoned into this sword to commemorate his feet. Or maybe it's one of his, um, his um, successors. The problem with that theory is, and the problem with this being any anybody related to the Rohirrim or the Eothiad, is that that all happens in the third age we don't know anything about the rohirrim or their predecessors in the second age which is not to say that they don't exist i mean certainly they came from somewhere and came from somewhere and came from somewhere so there must have been men running around the second age that eventually led to the rohirrim but did they have uh were they horse lords at that time did they use the white and gold uh, color scheme that the Rohirrim later adopt, it seems unlikely to me. So my guess is that this is some sort of Northman precursor to the Rohirrim, and Amazon is clearly trying to link us to the Rohirrim, even though they probably shouldn't be so closely linked in terms of culture and style and color. They're linking them for our benefit so that because, so that people who are fans of the Rohirrim are going to get into those characters that's that's my guess here that makes sense um i think that amazon has clearly indicated that they're trying to 
tie the two together, right? Tie Tolkien's interpretation. I'm sorry, tie Peter Jackson's interpretation into their own. Um, And if they're going to go too far with that, that remains to be seen. Um, And I think the next picture is an example of that, if we want to go ahead and jump ahead. Of going too far? Of possibly going too far in the direction of, you know, for the sake of nostalgia for the fans. All right. So the next one is, um, so of course, again, we get a close up of someone's hands. We do not see the person's face. Their hands are dirty and are held together, palms up, holding three large acorns. Their tunic is dirty and torn and made of rough fabrics. And I'll just say it's almost certain that these are female hands. The acorns are actually gigantic acorns. They're the biggest acorns I've ever seen. Just, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen a lot of acorns in real life. Just uh, uh, to cover like my butt a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I like them. I like them, but they're they're humongous. I mean, you could choke on those acorns. Those are enormous acorns. Um, but what made you think that they could be going too far with it? I mean, it just it, it hobbits. I have mixed feelings about the hobbits being in this series at all. So this says Hobbit to you. Yes, this says Hobbit to me. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. But this says Hobbit to me. It could not be a Hobbit, but we know that Hobbits are going to make an appearance, that they're going to play a pretty prominent role, and it it looks earthy. It looks, Mm -hmm. the fact that it's small hands um, and simple clothing, somewhat torn, Hobbits weren't uh, terribly concerned with. Um, outward appearance. Again, this could be this could not be a hobbit, but unless um, you're Bilbo Baggins, Bilbo Baggins is very particular about his very wardrobe. particular. Yes. So yeah, I think this is a hobbit, and there's not that much to say on that front because hobbits didn't. There's not much we can draw from, right? We don't know what they're going to mm. do with the hobbits in this series. We don't know. It's all speculation. Yep. Yeah, because there's literally nothing in the text that tells us anything about hobbits in the Second Age. So they're making it up, which uh, I'm keeping an open mind. I'm all good. But the point is, we just don't know um, what it could mean. And on this one, I'm kind of at a loss. You know, it could be it could be one of the Harfoots, the precursors to the hobbits, as um, Sir Lenny Henry described them. Or it could just be... uh, a female from any race of man. So, and we know they're going to be creating random characters. You know, people are bending over backwards to try and link this to a named character from Lord of the Rings or the Legendarian. Like every yeah, single poster has so. to be some major character. Yeah, I mean, we know that that's not going to be the case. We know they're just going Mm-mm. to create, you know, a, a a new character with a new name who's like, uh, you know, an important chief in some small human village somewhere. You know, uh, right. or the daughter of somebody, or the the brother of somebody, and um, we're just going to have all these new characters to explore. And this could be, this is going to be, a, I'm sure, an important character. I'm sure all 23 of these characters are important, um, important to the plot of the show, but not necessarily named in the Legendarium. So I am assuming that this is one of those characters. But I will tell you one of my favorite theories that I heard someone say, I don't believe it at all, but someone <laughs> thought this could be Goldberry. Gold, but no, I don't. I mean, interesting theory, but I don't. I don't buy it. Goldberry was much fancier, much fancier, much cleaner, much cleaner. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, this person has been digging in the earth for acorns. She's got 
dirt all up her hands and arms. Her mm-hmm. um, her tunic is tattered. There's holes in it. It's scruffed around the edges. Uh, I agree. No way this is Goldberry. But someone had fun with it because she's holding acorns, which I guess is a naturey thing, and Goldberry's naturey. It's a very loose theory. <laughs> I don't think there's yeah. a lot there, but. Uh, okay, next one, and this sort of goes hand in hand with the Goldberry theory. Uh, so the des- descriptive text is uh, this person's hands are clasped around what appears to be a primitive farm implement of some sort. It looks to be made of wood, and a sharp claw is tied to it. Their hands are dirty, as are their clothes. Their clothes are simple and rough. And the reason that I said this one goes hand in hand with the Goldberry theory is someone said, well, maybe this is Tom Bombadil. And I think that's totally wackadoodle, but (laughs) it's a theory. It's a theory. It's a theory. I have no idea about this picture. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Mainly because I can't tell what the tool is that they're holding. Is it a tool? Is it a uh, staff? Is it like a walking stick? I don't know. I just have no nope. idea about this image. Nope. It's another head scratcher. Uh, certainly, again, says it looks like the race of men. But mm-hmm. as far as who this is, where they come from, no idea. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the cloak is very, it's an interesting material. It almost, I mean, it looks like burlap, maybe. Um, it's really rough and tattered, as are the clo- the other clothes that this man is wearing. His hands are very dirty, very grimy. Um, I agree. It's hard to tell what this – it's described as a farm implement. Um, it almost looks like a staff, like a short staff, which had some mm-hmm. people saying, well, this could be one of the blue wizards. Hmm. Um, so that's a possibility. I'm not ruling that out. I I, I have no reason to think Clothing it does look a little be. bluish. It looks a little bluish. <laughs> and, you know, if, if when you looked at Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson's depiction of him, he was dirty and grimy. He was Very a traveler. Very rough. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Um, and this is a bit, well, not fancy, but there is this, well, let's talk about this. There is a, there is some sort of tooth that's tied mm-hmm. to the farm implement, which I'm going to say this farm implement, it's it's the staff or whatever it is, is made out of wood. And it's got a curve in it, but it's wood, right? It's not bone. Would you agree with that? Right. Okay. I agree. And there's a, a tooth that's tied to it with like string, basically. What is that a tooth of? My only guess would be some sort of warg because it's a pretty big tooth or claw. Not not a tooth. It's mm-hmm. a claw um, that maybe is like a big warg claw. What do you think about that? Uh, that's entirely possible. I, yeah, I mean, if we wanted a different interpretation of what the Istari or the Blue Wizards would look like, you know, this is certainly an interpretation. It's a strong point of view that they would have been on Earth for a very long time and that they might look a little earthy and grungy and <laughs> they might look like they've been on earth for a really long time for a very Dirty. long time haven't had yeah. a bath for a thousand years for a thousand years yeah so uh, yeah i mean that could that could definitely be it i don't have any other theories it could be another made up character but that certainly that certainly makes sense to me i would buy it that it's a wizard but really this one 
is uh, one of those ones know. that we really just don't know anything about. Don't know much Mm-mm. about it. It could, nope. it almost looks kind of like a like a medicine man or a a, a wise man in some tribe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Could just could just be a character in a tribe of men. Okay, on to the next one. Uh, again, this is another one. Not a whole lot to go on here. Close up of someone's small, childlike hands. We do not see this person's face. In their left hand, they are holding what looks like blackberries, and their right hand is on the strap of a burlap bag. They are dressed in plain and simple garb that is well worn and earthy. So, not a lot to break down in this one. I do find it really interesting that they specifically said that the person's hands are small and childlike. I wouldn't have necessarily said that. I mean, I think it's like a female's hands but not necessarily a child's hands no it these hands yeah these hands don't look like a child's hands to me um i also at first glance i thought they were holding a braid with gray hair so an older person but i now i see that that's just the strap of the burlap sack uh sack is is braided some sort of braided hair right right which is very interesting yeah, I, you know, actually, now that I zoom in more on this, I mean, because I hadn't really, I hadn't read the descriptive texts before. Mm-hmm. Now I do think that these are child's hands because that would explain why the black the blackberries look so dang huge. Before I just they thought, boy, big. yeah, th- these are like you know someone's been picking blackberries in the gardens of the antwives because these blackberries are enormous. But maybe it's just because it's a child's hands, so they look a little bit bigger. But a child, I mean, that's definitely a made-up character. I can't think of... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think we have anything to go on in terms of characters. The only thing that I'm finding interesting here is there are there are a number of characters that have similar, similarly plain and simple garb. Um, and they have dirty hands. They work with their hands. Uh, someone's holding an acorn. Someone's holding blackberries. Uh we got this guy with really dirty hands and some sort of farming implement. We got someone holding a scythe. So we have a lot of characters that seem to be drawing from the same, I'm going to guess the same human village. So that tells me there's going to be a really big focus on this one human village and all the characters in it. Yeah. And that, that's cool. That's exciting too, to focus in on humans and different tribes of humans. Um, or hobbits. I mean, these. I, I'm thinking the same tribe, and I, I said humans, but it could be these early Harfoots yeah. that we know are going to be in there too. And it's and it's similar to the picture with the acorns. So if they're both hobbits, they are they're similar in that way. Yeah. Next one we have here was first previewed by uh, our friend Luke Shelton, a great member of the Tolkien community, and he will be appearing on our podcast in a forthcoming episode. Um, And in this one, the description is uh, a person holding an object with markings on it. It's a scroll. I'll tell you it's a scroll. And their robes are worn and dirty and faded green. They wear a chain necklace with a metal ring attached to it. Um, This was one where I saw it and I thought, this is a Harfoot. This is a Hobbit. I don't know why I thought that. And now I've changed my mind, but that was my initial reaction to it. I mean, there's certainly like a hobbity, a hobbity quality to the the shirt, and the fact that there's a ring on a necklace. I think we're just used to seeing Frodo 
in this attire. But but yeah, I don't I don't know about this one. Um, so what's most notable about it is so he's holding a scroll and let, let's point out the fact that just as a reminder, all of these posters, they are just a picture of someone's torso in their hands and everybody is holding something. So whatever they're holding is significant in some way. It's If anything is going to tell us something about who they are, it's what they're holding. And what this person is holding is a, is a scroll. It's a dirty uh, kind of a canvas scroll, like it maybe is like a hide, um, some sort mm-hmm. of leathery hide, and it's bound up with just twine, and you can see markings on it. You can see the runes, but these are not any sort of runes that we've seen no. anywhere else in the Legendarium. It's not Elvis script. It's not uh, Kuzduel. Certainly not. Uh, uh, well, it's just it's just nothing. And the only thing that it looks similar to to me. And a number of other people spotted this online as well. Uh, is it looks like the Goblin script from the Father Christmas letters? Uh, and I, the only reason I saw that is because I just read the Father Christmas. I just reread the Father Christmas letters because uh, it was just Christmas a couple months ago, and I wanted to read through the Father Christmas letters. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Tolkien wrote beautiful letters to his children from Father Christmas, and they were. Basically, he would create these little stories about Father Christmas, and some of them involved dealings with the goblins who were very troublesome. They were more like troublesome rat <laughs> rats, basically, that Father Christmas had to deal with, but rats that had the ability to write hieroglyphics. And so the goblins in their caves would would have these little hieroglyphics that Tolkien would include in, in the letters, which he would have drawings and hieroglyphics and things in the letters that he would send to his kids. And the goblin hieroglyphics looked a lot like this. Um, Not exactly the same, but similar, which makes me think we're looking at a very uh, simple society, which could be early hobbits. You know, maybe it's before they had interacted with other uh, more elevated groups. Um, And so they, before they had adopted other writing scripts and other speeches, so maybe they had some some early script of their own, or I'm leaning more towards this is some sort of human character uh, out east. Maybe it's Haradrim, maybe it's an Easterling, and they have their own entirely different script, uh, which is why it's so unfamiliar to us. So that's my guess. I'm going. It's a man uh, of the of the from Harad, um, from Rune, from one of those lands out east. Hmm. I would maybe buy either one. Now that I'm really thinking about it, it does look very hobbity. I mean, we know the darker skin is an indication. Um, we know that the sh- the aesthetic, again, like the shirt and the ring around the neck might be hearkening back to to Frodo. It conjures up this image right, of for us. Right, right, right. A ring so, on a chain around the neck, yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking, and they wouldn't be if they're gonna put hobbits in there, and they're ancient hobbits. It's not, it's not out of the question that they'd have sort of their own script, right? Or they would have come into possession of goblin script somehow, having been around. So, yeah, not sure. I'm excited. I'm anxious to see who this turns out to be. Right. Right. All right. Next one. This person's hands are slightly dirty and are clasped together over their stomach. 
They're wearing simple clothes of dark green and a shirt of faded red. They're wearing a simple braided bracelet on their left hand. This is a female figure, female hands, I would say middle-aged, and they're not holding anything. Um, whereas everyone else is holding something, this person mm-hmm. is basically holding their stomach, which led a lot of people, and I can get behind this, to to suspect that this person is pregnant. And mm-hmm. so that's what they are holding in their hands is their pregnant belly. Um, beyond that, there's really nothing to go on here. Um, so I would just, my guess would be, well, this is just another human character from that human village that we're going to get a lot of characters from, uh, or maybe one of the the hobbits you know the character from the hobbit community beyond that i really have no idea yeah same i mean it is a beautiful image it's a very human image i love the simple i love the simple clothing but like rich rich colors and it's actually a gorgeous photo like you would see this in national geographic or something sure just of a person um but yeah no idea it's one of those that we just have to say huh Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll get we'll get something out of this. Not sure what yet. I think the human village that you're talking about, there seems to be a lot of crossover in these images that we're seeing aesthetically. So yeah. so that makes sense. Now, in terms of the human village, I would actually now I'm wondering out loud that this character would not come from the same human village as the other two posters where they had really dirty hands and rough and tattered clothing because this person's clothing is not rough. It is not tattered. It is in very good, pristine condition. Um, this but person is royal somewhat simple. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's simple. It's simple it's garb, simple. but clean and well cared for, which makes mm-hmm. me think, I mean, obviously remember we're going to have characters and communities in Numenor. So this could mm. be somebody from Numenor, not royalty necessarily, um, but someone from just a, People in Numenor have uh, easier lives, <laughs> cleaner clothes. Mm-hmm. So this could mm. be somebody from a Numenorean village. Village mm. all the same, but still from Numenor. Okay, let's look yep. at the next one. Okay. This one has, uh, I would say, on the surprise-o-meter. This one was number one for me because um, Fellowship confirmed who this is, and it is not the person I expected it would be. So the descriptive text is, they're holding a heavy rope wrapped over their shoulder. They wear a plain ring on their pinky and an olive green shirt. Now, this, again, looks kind of like plain garb. I would have lumped it in probably with some of those other posters with human characters with very plain and tattered garb. I would have put it in that category. Um, but I'll give mm-hmm. a hint right now. It is not in that category. But, Jen, do you have any ideas before I spill the beans? Right away when I saw it, I thought, Ships, ship looks like someone's working on a ship and it's got to be a Numenorean and there's a ring that's significant and the garb is really distinct and unique. So I thought it was a Numenorean. Not sure who. I I want to know what you know. Uh, you are so much better at this guessing game than me because you are exactly right. It is, in fact, a Numenorean, someone working on ships. Um, and this is, in fact, Isildur. This is uh, Isildur. So this must be him, you know, early in his in his time. He's working on ships. Numenorians are a seafaring people. He's got big ropes, so he's working on the boat. Um, I mean, I guess he could be using the ropes for something else, but that's just my guess that this is somebody who works on a boat. And he's he's got simple garb. It's a you know, it's a clean but simple mm-hmm. tunic that he's wearing, um, wrapped up with leather around the wrist. 
Um, he's got a some sort of leather strap going around the chest. You can just sort of see it at the top of the left of the frame, but no detail. Uh, so there's nothing really to go on in this picture. Not a lot of iconography in here other than the ring, which is very tattered and worn. It looks like an old ring that has been destroyed with the years. So it's interesting that this is the image they gave us of Isildur, but it tells us, I think, that the Isildur we see in the beginning is is not the king of Gondor that we see mm-hmm. at the end. It's not at the end of his journey. It's at the beginning, and he's probably a young man um, who works hard and works in the shipyards, and uh, he may be of royal royal stock, but we don't see him as a royal figure yet. No. I, I'm so glad that we get his whole story arc and background because – all anyone thinks about when they think about him is that he wouldn't destroy the ring and there's just so much more to this character and we're clearly going to see that depicted his struggles his ups and downs but he really was a quote-unquote good guy for the majority of his life um as i think we will see play out yeah you want to give us the next one yes Okay, beautiful. I love this one. This is this is great. So we have the close-up of someone's hands holding a white flower in their open palms. The, they are dressed in a gold tunic and are wearing gold bracelets and a ring, a very ornate ring. Um, so this one, man, I just think this one's so beautiful. It may be my favorite image just because I I see this flower, white flower. I think of the white Mm -hmm. tree, Mm. the white tree blossoming. Yeah. And, um, I just love the shimmering armor background. It's, it's not armor. That's probably the wrong word. There's like scaly looking gold material on this person's um on this person's torso and it, right. it clearly looks female to me yeah i agree uh what do you think yeah i had a lot of the same thoughts and i totally agree that, that sort of fish scale um decoration over the torso is absolutely beautiful and it's not armor but it's like overlaid uh circles of metal um mm-hmm. And it creates a beautiful effect. And it is so beautiful that my first thought was, well, maybe this seems elvish to me um, just because of how Mm. unique and beautiful and shimmery it is. Um, But then the more I looked at it, I'm thinking that this is actually Tar Muriel. This is our Queen Muriel, first Queen of Numenor, um, Mm. whose whose throne is usurped by Farazhan. Because we've gotten hints that we're going to see here in the first season, and you're right, you already pointed out the white flower, which is the you know the fruit, the flower of the tree of Gondor, which um, was itself uh, a seedling from the tree that was originally in Numenor that the Sildur saved, and when they fled Numenor, the downfall of Numenor, he brought that seedling to Gondor. So these white flowers, to me, that that is what sort of proves it that this is a female character in Numenor. This person clearly looks like royalty, uh, regal to me. So my guess is that this is Queen Muriel. Um, that That's where I'm putting my vote. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I think she's going to be an incredible character too and also a tragic in some ways. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about this character and this image is beautiful. And also note that the to me, it looks like this person is darker skinned. 
Yes. Yeah. Which again, lots of diversity. Very cool. Yeah. Well, and I think that it is consistent with what Tolkien told us about Numenorean culture. He likened it like he likened it more to Egyptian culture, and mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. in terms of the latitude longitude of where Numenor would be located, uh, if we were to plop it somewhere here in, um, in in our real world, it would be sort of the latitude longitude of. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, sort of like the Rome, Greece, Mediterranean mm. type area. So you would expect the people that would live there to have similar skin tone. And that's what this person has, sort of an Egyptian, a Mediterranean olive skin tone. And I also think that the the clothing and the gold bracelets, it has Definitely. an Egyptian vibe to me. We're kind of a combination of Egyptian and Roman. I'm not like an expert on on the clothing styles of the ancient Romans or anything, but it just when I look at it, my uh you know, Conan the Barbarian brain just says, Oh, looks Egyptian, looks Roman. Yeah. You know. Well, the bangles certainly if they're more like bangles, they're not like bracelets. It's that de- it definitely evokes that. Mm-hmm. Very So good, I like I like this image. I like this image yeah. a lot. And you know, her holding that flower, it not only tells us to me that this is a queen of Numenor, but it tells me that this queen of Numenor, this character embraces the fact that she's embracing the flower means that she's a good character, right? I yeah. mean, this that, is a good guy for sure. This this is a, that's iconography. That is a through line from ancient Numenor to Gondor um, of the true Kings, right? I mean, mm. the blossoming of the tree, the withering of the tree is a sign of the downfall of Gondor and how Gondor itself is withered and weakened. And, when Aragorn finds the new seedling and the tree is revived, that it goes hand in hand with the revival of the kingdom. So um, that flower, that tree is very important iconography and symbolism in the show and in the, or in Lord of the Rings. And so I think it will be also in the show. So the fact that this character is holding this flower um, telegraphs her importance Mm. to the story and, and how she's aligned um, and, in terms of good versus bad. So that's what I think it tells us a lot. This episode is brought to you by Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. That's the number four and cats with a K. Katie and Jordan have some lovely art they would love for you all to check out. They have custom bookmarks, prints, and even these beautiful book page posters that have passages from some of our favorite fantasy series like Lord of the Rings, A Song of Ice and Fire, and of course, The Wheel of Time. You all really should check out Four Cats Boutique on Etsy and get yourself some bookmarks and amazing artwork. That's the number four and cats with a K. Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. Next one here. This character is holding a leather-bound book. Many leather-bound books. With an ornate design of curved and wavy lines on it, they wear bright clothing that is simple and without decoration. What are you thinking? Um... Well, based on the spreadsheet here, it says it may be a possibly a fish symbol on top of what looks like waves on the book, on this leather book. So immediately I'm thinking Numenorian, thinking Numenorian handmaiden, maybe something like that. A trusted, this could be Tarmuriel's trusted servant. This is wild speculation here. Or somebody important in the Numenorian uh, culture. Mm-hmm. Again, the clothing is like simple but nice. It's elegant, um, and it's 
bright. I love I love how simplistic this is and that it's another an, yet another female character like uh, what I will note is from these pictures it's like the balance between me- male and female seems pretty even. I think that's cool. Um so yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking Numenorian. What are you thinking? Uh, well, I know the answer, so um, I'll oh. just tell you. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> this is Corinne or Corinne Sildur's sister, uh, being played Isildur's by Emma, Emma Horvath. And uh, so you're right. This is a Numenorian. Um, and if I didn't know that, I would have guessed Numenorian because of the the waves and the fish on the book, which sort of indicates, you know, for a seafaring people, it would make sense that they're. They would have books and images that evoke the sea. Um, I wouldn't have thought that this was a woman of a a house with a high, you know, a high bloodline, royal lineage, because this character is totally unadorned. No bracelets, no jewelry. Um, she almost looks like a, you know an apprentice in in a in a church right. or something. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Apprentices in chir- churches? I don't like mixing my <laughs> words. But, you know, um, I, I initially thought, so we got leaks that there was a, they were casting a character who was like a, a wizard's assistant. Um, mm-hmm. they, used, they used different words, but that's basically what it was, wizard's assistant. And it was a female character. And so I was thinking, well, that's kind of what this looks like. Someone who may be um, serving or aiding um, some high academic person. Um, not and it wasn't wizard like a starry. It was it was something else. So, but that's not who this is. This is uh, Isildur's sister. So we know that she is, uh, I guess, like Isildur, simple garb. These are not uh, haughty people. They're they're down to earth. They're simple, um, not rustic, but they're uh, they don't take on airs. You know, they're, right? They're down to earth folks. Right. They're folksy. Yeah. They're folksy. They they could run for office because they're so folksy. They're people you want to have a beer with. Folksy folks. I mean, regardless, I this is another character that I'm very excited to see unfold on screen because there's not all that much to go. Yeah, off this is of, a but... made up character. Yeah, this is a made up character. Uh, you know, Isildur could have had a sister. It's not. We don't know. He yeah, didn't. It's not out we, of the question. We just you know it, she was never mentioned by Tolkien, which would have been odd if not. Totally out of the question that um, we wouldn't know about Hisildur's other siblings if there were female siblings, but she's just never mentioned. So this is essentially a made-up character. Yeah, wildly curious about her. But moving on. Moving on. Next one. This is a good one. Um, this person's hand hangs onto their belt and has two golden jeweled rings. Their robes are navy blue and have gold trim. Their belt is gold and has an ornate golden buckle so i know who this is um and let's just skip all the guessing because i just want to get right to it this is Farazone, mm. not our Farazone. it is Farazone because he's take before he's taken on the r so before he becomes our Farazone the golden he, this is just Farazone. so this is and what people are taking from that and that was confirmed by fellowship and what people are taking from that detail is that this is him before he's kind of gone to the dark side so we are mm-hmm. going to see, I think this indicates that we will see his arc from, I'm sure he was never a perfect guy, but he was maybe a little a less less evil. Um, and this is him before he usurps power. And then we're going to see him evolve into somebody who totally takes over and then goes completely nuts uh, under the influence of Sauron. And I, I like the iconography here. 
the blue robes very very regal the we see the ring mm-hmm. has a green gem on it which evokes it's evocative of the ring of bear here mm-hmm. which is a ring that aragorn has and it's passed down to him all the way from uh baron uh, but it is not the ring of bear here and the iconography here of i think this looks very this was one that looks very roman to me yeah um, definitely in my opinion yeah the sun iconography seems very roman ancient roman to me this person when you're looking at it 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 Ferrazone totally makes sense because it's a person who's aware of appearance and status almost like the just the fact that there's two bejeweled blingy rings and really fancy schmancy attire says this person Mm -hmm. is powerful and maybe power hungry and conscious of a certain um of a certain status just even the way they're carrying their where the hand is placed yeah i was yeah i was gonna say the same thing you know you can see you can't see his whole body but if you if it zoomed out i would imagine him just kind of you know, leaning against a wall with a smirk on his face, you know? Right. Yeah, and yeah, the robes a- are very heavily embroidered. This mm-hmm. is nice material. You know, if you, if you've felt it, you'd be like, oh yeah, this, this is nice. I could sleep this in is this. Not cheap. Very fancy. Very fancy. Yeah. All right, Jen, what's the next one on the docket? All right. Next up, we've got close up of someone's hands. Their hands are clasped together below their leather belt. They're wearing simple clothes, but the fabric has a pattern of circles and stars, and there is gold trim on their sleeves. The sleeves of an orange silk shirt extend beyond the shorter sleeves of their robe. All right, so this one, I, again, didn't know what to make of it. I thought, perhaps this is an advisor. The the star, again, the stars... Okay, could this be elvish? It looks pretty elvish to me. The way that the belt is sort of, um, it's a little feminine, it's pointed, and then the star and circle. Perhaps this is, perhaps this is an elf. Um, Then again, there's like something foreign about the attire that's unusual to me. Hmm. So maybe an Easterling. Oh, interesting. What do you think? You know, I was leaning towards elf. Um, you know, none of the symbols look f- meaningful to me, uh, so I mm-hmm. couldn't pull anything from that. Uh, the symbols are essentially wheels or circles, um, mm-hmm. interlocking circles, and the belt has sort of a... Well, let me zoom in, zoom in on that belt. I, I was going to say <laughs> something, but... Yeah, I can't. It doesn't really mean anything to me. <laughs> so I was, thought this I was going to get something. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is uh, definitely on the nicer end. Um, so this mm-hmm. itself, the hands are very clean. The hands are young. Um, yeah. Not child young, but like, you know, like me, young, uh, maybe like early 30s, someone who's taking excellent care of their hands. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but beyond that, I can't really Shea make Shea butter, out of it. little coconut oil. Oh, yeah. They're wearing gloves to sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this one's sort of another flyover one for me. Just like, yeah, that could be an elf, you know? <laughs> yeah, could be an <laughs> Who elf. Who knows? Could We're not getting much from it. Right, right. Nothing that gives it away. So There's I was... more exciting ones to get to, so I propose we 
<laughs> yeah, okay, we'll we'll move on. Well, and things that we maybe have a little bit more ideas about. So the next one here, um, this person is holding a sword by the hilt facing downward. The sword is ornate with a golden sun on the hilt. They wear golden armor with a similar sun emblem on the chest. They also wear golden bracers and a ring. Now, I, I had a lot of theories about this, um, but they turned out to be wrong. I, I thought this could be, well, who did you think it was? Well, there's the presence again. We get the sun, sun motif. Um, this looks, there's something, there's like a, almost like a human quality about it. So I thought this is a Numenorean possibly could i like initially i thought farazon but we already got a farazon so i don't think it's that i think it's probably i'm probably elvish um maybe a narion maybe um, a prominent elf um just the gold the presence of the gold and the presence of the ring says elf elf to me the rings plural right right well, it, my my first thought was somehow this strikes me as a Glorfindel-esque and everybody mm. wants to see Glorfindel um, yeah. because he could potentially show yeah. up here in the Second Age. But yeah. it is not Glorfindel. We do know who this is. Fellowship of Fans confirmed that this is Anarion, Anarion, mm. Anarion, uh, Isildur's brother. And mm. it totally makes sense because we see all of the sun symbols here. And Anarion means literally son of the sun. Sun. Whereas Isildur is son of the moon, which is so cool. So cool. And so, so cool. You know, that's why we have uh, minus Ithil and minus Anor, Tower of the Moon, Tower of the Sun. And minus Anor was Anarion's part of, you know, uh, city in Middle Earth uh, after the downfall. So this is definitely Anarion that's been confirmed. And. Once you know it, you can't unsee it because it's so obvious. There's suns everywhere. It's interesting. I I want to take note of the fact that this character, I mean, he's wearing full globe-plated armor. He's got a sweet this sword. Is a, this is a warrior. This is a warrior. Yeah. Serious business, this guy. Mm-hmm. Compared to Isildur, who's wearing simple garb. He's got a rope. He just wants to go and play by the boats, you know? Right. I, I, I wonder if we're going to see some sort of interesting brotherly relationship or maybe Anarian is the Ooh. more serious one, the, the more warrior type, whereas Sildor doesn't have aspirations uh, for higher things. There, I wonder if the differences in their clothing in these posters indicate differences in their character traits. And, oh. and it, that would be interesting in terms of an arc because we know that, of course, Isildur is the one who ultimately survives and becomes the High King and Arian perishes. That's right. That's right. I mean, hey, I love seeing sibling relationships play out on screen. Take Game of Thrones. The the juicy, meaty sibling relationships in that show were like... <laughs> 50% of the enjoyment for me. So You give like me a those good... relationships? Those were horrible no, I just, relationships. No, they're horrible, but they're interesting. And they give so much depth to the character. And sibling relationships are complicated and interesting. Like, that's such a human... Yeah, that's such a human characteristic. That's a human reality, yeah. right? Yeah. So I love. I, I really hope we get to see that relationship play out. That's that's That excites me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Anarion and Isildur, that their brotherly relationship is going to be a very important and prominent part of the show. That's my hunch. 
Definitely. And I hope it's a, like a loving relationship. I, you know, in fighting and strife, it makes for good drama, but sometimes you just gotta have, you just gotta have the closeness. I want some feel goods, you know, I want brotherly sure. love. I want to see that. And, you know, actually that would probably make for better drama because when an, an Ariad ultimately dies, it'll be more uh, tragic. It, it'll be more tragic and uh, emotionally uh, exhausting, you know, if a yeah. character we've come to know and love and who our main character, Zildur, knows and loves, um, ultimately dies. So, yeah, I, I'm hoping to see some of the, some happy relationships. Yes. Okay. Next one here, and we're down to our last two, our last two, and these are good ones. Uh, this one, we do see the end of a gray beard. They're holding a red apple in their left hand. Their hands are dirty, and I will add very dirty, <laughs> and they were wearing a rough gray robe. So if any of these are a wizard, I would guess that this is it. This seems the most wizardish to me because of the gray beard and of course you could just have an old man with a beard but um something about an old gray beard with a a heavy um woolen sort of sweater over the hands holding a bright red apple i don't really think this is a wizard but it's the most wizardish of them all to me Hmm. I thought Hobbit right off the bat. It, it's really consistent with the other pictures that I thought were Hobbits. Darker skinned hands. We know that a lot of the Hobbits, early Hobbits were darker skinned. Um, the fruit motif or the food motif with, with, with these posters, there's a couple that have sort of the same feel. They're holding fruit um, that could have been foraged. Fruit or nuts. Um, and simple clothing a little bit raggedy the graying beard not very kempt i think hobbit i think well but we know it can't be a hobbit because of of the beard we know that hobbits are beardless oh that's right maybe a human yeah or maybe a wizard who knows A, a, a real earthy wizard yeah a real well they are all pretty earthy but they we are. do we we did get a little bit of something from Fellowship of Fans. He did not confirm who this character is or who is playing him, but he did confirm that this is the character who crash lands with the meteor. What? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And we haven't gotten too deep into this and we'll talk more about it on another uh, podcast episode, but there is a character that crash lands in the meteor. He has sort of amnesia, very childlike, and that's this character. And we'll talk about our theories about that character some other time. But uh, it's an old man with a beard and who likes apples, I guess. So, <laughs> oh yeah, surprising. Uh, another mis- This is another mysterious one for me. If it is it, since it's the person who crash landed, a lot of mystery wrapped up in that, which we'll yep. have to unpack. Yeah. But I propose to we get to the final image, which is very exciting. Yeah, this is the most dramatic one of them all i think for sure uh, they are sort holding a sword by the hilt facing downward the sword is black and looks twisted and dark they're wearing a spiked black gauntlet and a black tunic and armor i'll tell you right off the bat this one has been confirmed by fellowship of fans so we, i know who this is but i do want to hear your theories about it i had some theories as well um i think most people's mind first jumped to Sauron, 
but there are other directions to go with that as well. So what were you thinking? I definitely thought Sauron, like an early Sauron, because it's not quite the same. It's not it's not quite the same as we get in The Lord of the Rings, but obviously right. it's so similar. Uh, it's pretty obvious. Black, metal, spikes. It's giving us everything that we want out of the ultimate bad guy. So <laughs> I, I right. think Sauron, right. yeah. of course. So yeah, the the gauntlet does remind you of Sauron. You know the the scenes in the prologue and Peter Jackson's prologue to the Fellowship of the Ring, and when we see Sauron go out and he's got this big black helmet and big black gauntlet, he doesn't have a sword. Sauron in that prologue had basically a giant mace type of thing. He just swung around and threw people around. He didn't actually need to battle with a sword. So once I thought about that, I was like, all right, not a not a sword. All right, I, I didn't think it was Sauron. So I thought. My next thought was, well, this is maybe a ring wraith, one of the ring wraiths, hmm. you know, because this this is a looks like a man character. I don't think I wouldn't think this is an elf just because it's so dark and that doesn't no, really no, jive no, no, with no, no. Uh, el- elvish sensibilities. So if this is a man. Maybe this is a man who is on his way to becoming a ring wraith. You know, he's adopted. Mm. This or is has a black become a ring wraith. Like right. this looks like someone who's right. not in the process. Maybe already like, have, a ring wraith. They have yeah. fully embraced whatever it is they're embracing. Right. The dark force <laughs> yeah i mean i think that we will could see because and tolkien referred to them as the black numenorians basically the numenorians who have gone evil and followed sauron much of mm-hmm. numenor was populated by these black numenorians numenorians mm. who basically participated in this you know sauron started a big cult right. of morgoth on the island of numenor and people would do human sacrifices and they're really getting evil so i could see towards the latter end of this series um, a lot of these Numenorians going dark and wearing stuff like this, but this is the first season. So I, then I thought more about that. It's like, well, I wouldn't expect to see the Black Numenorians so early in the show. So I, I didn't really know who it was. I was still thinking, all right, Ring Rave, maybe. Um, well, to confirm who it is, it is not a character we are familiar with from the books, but it is Adar which is a character that Fellowship of Fans said is being played by um, the actor who played Benjamin Stark in Game of Thrones, uh, who is an elf, a twisted and corrupted elf that leads the orcs in an attack on the human village. So Mm. um, this was some news that we talked about a a little while back. That's right. This is kind of, and it makes total sense. All right, this is like an an evil. So this is a bad guy. We knew there there was going to be this bad guy in this first season. He leads orcs, so this is that's about the right vibe um, for someone who leads an orc. I think an, an orc army. Yeah, for sure. You better have armor. They might try to eat you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, definitely this image. You know, it, it's going out with a bang. This series of images. Yeah. Uh, this all got me fired up. I've loved chatting about it, and. Uh, I hope everybody else is excited. If you guys have theories, y'all out there, send them send them in. Or if you think we got something completely wrong, you can always send in your thoughts. Um, but good things, good things coming. I mean, this is the year of the rings, people. We're getting this series so soon. And things so. are starting to ramp up finally. And there's talk about there being a full-on teaser trailer during the Super Bowl. So I will actually watch the Super Bowl this year just so exactly, I can see that commercial. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yes, I'll be tuning in just for that. Um, but thanks, everyone, for joining us on our journey through the promo posters, the character posters. It's been such a blast. And uh, we hope you'll join us next time. I've got exciting things coming up. So reach out to us uh, via email, watchpartylotr at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. We're on Facebook as well. Um, we will next week, unless some other news drops that we have to talk about that interrupts our schedule, we will finally get that last episode on the Council of Elrond uh, from Peter Jackson's Fellowship of the Ring when we chatted it up with Chad and Chad. We'll get that out there, and then we'll follow that up with another uh, news episode where we go back and sort of do a news roundup of all the, the leaks, some of which we've hinted at tonight but we'll really get into them in that next episode Uh, until then this is michael and jen signing off watch party lord of the rings thank you for joining us we will see you next time and may the hair on your toes never fall out 